Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. The whole world. We are your, (laughs) the whole big universe. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Okay, so I wanted to, uh, to first talk about a recent podcast I started listening to. I know when we first changed to podcasting, we talked a little bit about um, like our favorite podcasts, what we'd recommend, and we asked the audience for their recommendations for us for podcasts. So, you know, I listen to a very wide variety of you podcasts, do. all the way from true crime to sermons, murder, right? Murder <laughs> to um, to like sermons, right? Um, so it's like a really wide range of uh, listening and um, just interests. But um, I got an advertisement for a new podcast that started, and I and everything about what it was about intrigued me so when I started listening and I was like oh my goodness this is incredible the um, podcast is called inferior and the definition of the word inferior is something that fades quickly so or something that fades away and becomes obsolete and so the very first example was or they've done like an episode where it's kind of an investigative journalist who works with um, people in museums, people in archival work um, to that are trying to save the things that are inferior in our world. So the last episode was on switchboards and telephone communication. Um, the episode before that was on crossword puzzles and how that has become less inferior. It's become, you know, more popular. But um, what was the... Um, uh, film and um, gosh, so many examples. Um, the the um, logo for it is a um, a Victrola um, with the external megaphone. Uh, uh, music box was like the name of right, the first episode. Right. So anyway, so it's like each one they dive into kind of the history of it, um, what what it looks like today, and essentially like how it shaped our culture in some form or fashion. So that is really, I mean, let's let's do a little bit of strength spotting there with your context and love of history. But also to think about, I think even that word and to think about what fades quickly, mm-hmm. there are so many components mm-hmm. when I look back generationally that feel like are lost. Yeah. Yep. So the way that I used to communicate with my friends was through note writing. And I have beautiful notes also inappropriate notes, but I have beautiful <laughs> notes from my friends that I kept. Of course, I kept. And that was our means of communication during class. So you wouldn't have sent a text and you didn't have enough time in the hallway. So you'd have to write these things out mm-hmm. and then pass them. And they were very ornately folded. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> and there was great information in there. Mm-hmm. I kept a lot of those. And I, I wonder how many of my friends kept anything like that but I did keep a lot of those and I did keep of course I kept all of my letters I think we've talked about this on a previous episode I kept all my letters from Reed who was my my Mm -hmm. first love I met at band camp and um he played the saxophone and wore um really cool Batman gear Mm -hmm. and he had like this dark hair he was a rock he was a rocker you just knew it Mm -hmm. and he wrote me letters and they were very, I mean, his penmanship is very unique, yeah. but they would come with, I mean, they were probably four notebook pages worth of beautiful words. Yeah. And then it would smell like his cologne. <laughs> and so I would walk out to the mailbox, especially in the summer, they were the oh best. I would walk out to the mailbox and there would be, you know, a letter from Reed. And I knew right away based on the handwriting. Yeah. So I got to thinking about this the other day that, and my Aunt Meg, who I just went to see. My Uncle Mark was in the hospital, and I just went to see my Aunt Meg and sat with her. Aunt Meg and Mark? Yeah. I have an Aunt Meg and Mark. Well, they're my godparents, but I call oh. them Uncle Mark and Aunt Meg. Um, but they are like an auntie and uncle to me, for oh, sure. Yes. So I went and sat with Meg for a while um, at oh. the hospital, which was lovely. And she was talking about how she writes a letter to her granddaughter every year. Oh. And Meg's penmanship is, I mean... It's absolutely, undeniably Meg. Yeah. So she, when I see something in the mail from her, yeah. I know it's her. I mean, I, so I thought about that. And penmanship, we rarely write. Yeah. So when I think about, it's M-I-M? Like, oh, oh, M-Ferial. I looked it up so I could spell it okay. for people. E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L. 
Ephem- ephemeral. Ephem- That's how you pronounce ephemeral? it. Ephemeral. Ephemeral. I don't totally am pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> ephemeral. <Okay. laughs> so when we think about those things that fade quickly, even generationally, Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Because handwriting, oh, your handwriting is so distinct. Oh yeah. Yes. I love to write. And so and I think about this even when um when you were um, talking about that. So my grandparent my grandpa, my mom's dad, wrote a letter to each of us that we were to open on our twenty first birthday. Mm. My grandpa passed away six months before my twenty first birthday. And I waited to open it uh-huh. until my 21st birthday. And just like the fact that he was living through that still, right? Like our words don't fade away after we leave. It was just so beautiful. I don't know why. <laughs> that is. Like just like and the note, like, you know, your Aunt Meg and Uncle Mark, right. you know, when they're gone, you'll have those notes forever right. from them. So I have this box that says Allison on it. And it's a land and sea box. And land and sea, I mean, I think you can buy shrimp from there. Anyway, this box it opens. It's not fancy, but it's a it's a cardboard box that opens yeah. a certain way. And I have little tiny notes and letters and cards from the time I was a little one. I mean, to where words really started to matter to me and yeah. words of love yeah. started to matter to me. So all previous loves I have. <laughs> love it. So I have the... My very first boyfriend, a little note that he wrote in his handwriting I could recognize from anywhere. A little um, note that he wrote me, he called me sweetness. I was all of 15, okay? He called me sweetness. Sweetness. And he wrote me a little note in school that said, good morning, sweetness. Oh, my gosh. And I have that. It's a little tiny, like, torn piece. um, All the way to, you know, really beautiful letters from my, from family, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, those just mean yeah. a lot to me oh yeah absolutely. so so ephemeral sorry I've been saying it wrong <laughs> new podcast but ephemeral so look it up if that at all interests you I would say that's definitely something when we call about when we talk about generational callback um like that's definitely something you know for me with my context like I love the things of previous generations and so um it's just been a podcast that has been really great I think it's just a couple months in so so I'm going to challenge our our mm-hmm. listeners when was the last time you wrote a note yeah, or a letter, mm-hmm. handwritten, and mailed that off to someone or mm-hmm. passed it to them. I think that would be a great way to make sure that the mm-hmm. beauty of handwriting does not fade quickly. Yeah, It's really a gift. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Yeah. And then I think I'm going to, since there's been so much digging around in basement storage, I think I'm going to dig around and, and find my notes. I don't know if Reed listens to this podcast I would be delighted if he did he's a phenomenal uh, photographer but just to think back to that I mean that oh, was sweetness. well that was a different okay. that's a different one that's a different one I hope he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> and I won't mention him by name but it's a four-letter word and oh no it starts with d so <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway But if Reed happens to listen, um, I just think it's so hilarious. We hardly, we hardly spent time together. Yeah. So our entire relationship Mm -hmm. was built upon these letters back and forth and sometimes phone calls, which was long distance back then. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. very limited phone calls and letters. And, you know, we met at band camp and then didn't ever see each other again until we got reconnected on social media. It's just so funny to think about that. Um, Because everybody has one of those. I hope everyone has one of those stories. Yeah. You know, um, band camp love. uh, Well, not... Not everyone Bank went to camp. band camp. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to go to band camp. We're serving in the Minnesota page as a page in the House of Representatives, some of us. You know? But, I, you know, I think about that and my introduction to music. In a lot of ways, there was new music I learned about. He was all oh, into yeah. Metallica. Yes. And so he would put Metallica, he would draw the Metallica um, <laughs> logo, I yes. guess, um, the band name, and then quote Metallica lyrics, lyrics. Oh my gosh. which were not super loving. That's um, hilarious. A little bit, little bit of hate metal goes a long way. So anyway, cool. um, listeners, I'd like to know when was the last time you yeah. wrote a letter or note. And I also would love to hear any of those kinds of oh stories. Oh yes, stories of letters. I mean, have you read the Notebook? Have you seen the movie? Yeah, I've like seen the movie. 
I mean, it's very nice and kind. It, it's like, it's not the kind of movie I'm just going to watch, right? Like, <laughs> Only I've watched it 5,000 times. It's the only movie that I, I would say it's one of the few movies that I own on DVD, but it's my go-to to get my cry out. Oh, yeah, for sure. I have a couple friends like that. I'm just not a big Nicholas Sparks person. I'm not either, and then we saw him at UNO, and I'm really not now, but I'm... <laughs> um, but I love that story. Yeah, it is. Because mm-hmm. of, I think probably let's do a little bit of strength spotting there with my communication, but mm-hmm. because of the letters. Yeah. And how he wrote to her and what a difference those letters would have made. And didn't he like made. build her a house, like yeah. acts of service? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And her name's absolutely. Allie. Her name's Allie. Oh, man. There we go. So. All the spotting. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so I love this. Oh, man. No, I think I've watched that movie once or twice, but. Ephoral? ephemeral 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 sorry okay now i'm gonna know it because i said it wrong 12 times so we'll check that podcast out ephemeral so check it out yep yep but when it when i was thinking about what to talk about today um i just think we're if you guys are of the teammates world i know a lot of people aren't um that listen but uh we are in the midst of our really busy season i feel like july hit yesterday it did literally Literally, it hit yesterday, and I think everything hit the wall. Like, that's just what I feel like. How about a fan? I mean, I hit the, hit the fan. I, I hit the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My forehead hit the, hit the wall. Oh, absolutely. And things hit yeah. the fan. That's how I yeah. feel, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we're in crunch time with our annual conference coming up, and just so many... Um, yeah, I just think chaotic things happening um, in our life, in our world. And so um, I think t- it's times like these where we forget about our... Um, forget about the things that really matter. Like, why are we doing things? And so I thought Mm -hmm. of all the intentional conversations where you and I have to carve out an hour of our workday where we have tons of things to do, right? But we're still creating the space to have real conversation. Yes. Um, What should we talk about? And I was like, I would just love to talk about your purpose and why, right? Because in the midst of your why, right? So in the midst of craziness and busyness, I think we forget the intention and the why behind what we do. Um, and I feel like I get this so much, you know, doing research here. I am trying to turn around um, what is over 20,000 cases of data into producible metrics for people to use and make decisions on um, for the future of their programs, for the future of the kids' lives they're impacting within their communities. Right. And so, but that looks like crunching a ton of numbers all the time. Um, not getting a whole lot of breaks, not, you know, I'm not like a workhorse or anything. I don't want anyone to like hear that, but really trying to be able to turn it around so it's ready for people. When they come to conference, they can see their dashboards, they can bring it back to their boards, they can learn about how they did this past year. Um, But it's really easy to get bogged down into the details and into the specifics. And I think we all just become a little sharper and a little more, um, sandpapery when we interact with other people because our we just have so much to do and I think I don't know so I guess I think when I was thinking about what what could be an intentional conversation even for our well-being as we take an hour to stop and have a conversation I just thought talking about our purpose um our why in kind of a succinct way would be helpful and then I'd love to dive into maybe a little more of some stuff on values so when you think about I know you are reviewing forms and making changes and edits to processes and reviewing the 300-page you know, mm-hmm. program management manual. So when you think about all of those details of what you're doing, what would you say is your purpose in the midst of all the work that you're doing? What, why are you doing what you're doing? So I want to backtrack one step and say I want to own and be honest about that as I was leaving work at about 8.15 last night, mm-hmm. I first sent an email to you and said, can we put this off? Yeah. I'm a stress bucket, yeah. as I like to say. I've, I'm so far behind. I have so much I need to do. And oftentimes in this time of year, my to-do list is based on someone else's to-do list being accomplished before I can start on my to-do list. Yeah. And I don't do that very well. I'm not... I'll be honest, I'm not very patient that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this time of year, I should be in practice mode Mm -hmm. to shine what we're going to provide coming up in the the end of this month. Whereas now I feel like I'm recreating again. And I don't like that feeling of recreating because I think sometimes we have things that are working really well. And I'd like to just shine them instead of tear them down and start them all over. However, so I want to own the fact that as I was leaving, I said, hey, can we wait until you get back from California? (laughs) 
Tess is going to California. My job to build in action bought a plane ticket a week and a half ago. <laughs> She's going this week, and I'm really excited for you because mm-hmm. it's awesome. But I, I was thinking, let's just wait until after you get back. And then this morning, um, I went for a run early, and I was coming back thinking, how do I take care of myself during this time? And of all things that matter most to me, it's about meaningful conversation and connection. And so why am I pushing off? meaningful conversation and connection when actually my self-care needs that the most right now. So I reached out to you via text and said, hey, if you still want to do it, like really basically saying, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Please forgive me. (laughs) Can we do this still? Yeah. And because I get a lot out of podcasts and they motivate me. Mm -hmm. And if my purpose and my why is believing that I can help one person and ideally, in my world right now, as I'm preparing things for conference, yeah. and help one person to show up for fill in the blank. If I can help one person to show up for conference, excited about the speakers that I'm reaching out to on a regular basis now and trying to figure out their AV needs and how many print copies they need um, for 30 different people. When I'm thinking about that, is one piece of that going to influence one person who wants to come to conference? Is that one person who comes to conference going to be influenced by the presentation that I give on mentor training certification and be excited about being a trainer, which will in turn look Mm -hmm. like a trainer who makes mentors excited about showing up for a Mm -hmm. kid. And then at the end of the day, that mentor shows up for that kid. So in my mind, my purpose and my why is always around ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the choices and the decisions that I make, mm-hmm. the gifts that I have been given, the talents that I can give this to this world are so much about how mm-hmm. I can help other people feel like they matter so that they can show up so that someone else feels like they matter. I mean, it, I just, there are so many, especially this time of year, um, I think about all the things that I learned from Shane. And mm-hmm. a lot of them were statistical and sciencey in nature. But it was just the way that he spoke about and reminded me of the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And those little ripples of hope building go mm-hmm. so much further than we ever really know. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking this morning, I'm motivated by podcasts. And one of my favorite is Maria Shriver mm-hmm. and her meaningful conversations. Yep. She decided, I guess, to do this in seasons because at the end of the last one, she said, that's our last one for the season. And I cried out, no. no. <laughs> It's part of my Monday, Maria. What are you doing? So I thought, mm-hmm. what? No, I'm not saying that there is anybody out there that so looks forward to Jenna Millie <laughs> that if we took a break or a sabbatical from it, that they would be devastated. However, I thought if there's something that we mm-hmm. say today yep. that motivates someone to feel better about who they are, more confident in their authentic self, more determined to give more mm-hmm. to the world, then. That's yeah. that's my why. Mm, I love it. So when you think about um, your values, so values are these underpinnings. So our why is like a statement of purpose, right? But your values are what guides decisions, right? So when you think about, and, and we've done the values exercise on here before, I think when we were still doing video. So we didn't want to do, I didn't necessarily want to bring that out or do that again, but I did want to have a conversation about it because I think just like our why, our purpose can kind of get smushed in the midst of busy, crazy, stressful seasons. I think our we can forget about our values or our values might manifest in a negative way or if they aren't being honored in our decision-making, that can be difficult. If you were to summarize your you have your 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 why is creating meaningful connections and having a ripple effect for those around you through those right or through the things that you do. Um, what would you say is your number one value that guides those decisions around your why? It's connection. It's connection. I mean, we're all. I make it so easy sometimes for you to spot my connectedness. I feel Seriously. like you're just going to bounce out of the out of your chair with the hashtag. I I just think that we're mm-hmm. all here to to connect with one another but to provide a mm-hmm. a bigger better tomorrow. Yeah. For those that are here when we're not. Yeah. And I think of the value that I see in you in terms of how I interpret a lot of your behavior is authenticity. Mhm. I want people to feel like they can be who they are. Yeah. And that 
definitely lends itself to your intrinsic value, internal mm-hmm. value of connection. But externally, it looks like authentic self is showing up, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. okay, I'm stressed and you know it because that's just where I'm at today. Right. I just came like, in and <laughs> dumped a whole lot of information on Tess before we started this podcast. Um, yeah. Because I can't, I get, I mean, I can feel it physically in my body yeah. when I can't be true to who I am yeah. and I'm not being honest and authentic. Yeah. I just, I like take all this energy in and it just mm-hmm. feels like pain in my lower back yeah. and, or stress in my shoulders mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I want everyone to feel like they can be who they are. Yeah. And that includes me. Yep. Absolutely. But I tend to um, probably put that lower mm. on the list. Which is why this time of year, I will go above and beyond because mm-hmm. I tend to put my own well-being last. So you talked a little bit about these conversations, but what else looks like self-care in stressful times? Uh, a little mm-hmm. bit of retreat. So I'm going to take care of um, a little puppy dog for the next um, few days. And um, my friend Jeremy loves his dog. And the fact that he would choose me, I mean, I, I can I can tell that this is a big deal. And I sent him a text and said, I feel like I'm going to a spa retreat because they've got a jacuzzi tub and a steam shower. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> great. And I said, you know, I feel like I'm going to a spa retreat. And he mm-hmm. said, we're just so, we're just so glad it's you. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. We're just so glad it's you watching or mm-hmm. taking care of Busy. The dog's name is Busy. Oh. B-I-Z-Y. <laughs> um, and he's a little Yorkie. But I was thinking, how lucky am I that someone considers me worthy of something that's so important to them? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things really matter. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, I've got a stack of books, of course, that I want to get to. But disconnect right now in the mm-hmm. midst of so much connection is an important part of self-care yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that my meaningful connections can be more purposeful and I can be more present. But I'm so scattered mm-hmm. right now, I know that I'm not present. Yeah. Mm. Good. Now, I'm going to ask the same of you. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is what I will say and what I witness about you mm-hmm. currently, lately. There's a lot more intention in li- I hate using the phrase living your best life because everybody's throwing that around like confetti but I see you I see you being very intentional about living now mm-hmm. and here comes an experience okay so let's just do a little tiny bit of summary of 2019 for you so far okay okay so from what I can think of up the top of my head you ran a marathon half marathon okay you've never done that before nope you went on a trip that you had no idea where you were going yeah you know what let's just let's not even do the whole year let's do the last couple of months (laughs) this summer-ish yeah may to now Mm -hmm. you're going to san francisco yep and i'm witnessing you stepping into more of a knowledge of who you are what you want to do and where you're headed yep and I, you know, we do, we we do a lot of getting pretty personal here, but I, yeah, that's your personal journey. I've got my personal journey, but I'm thinking yeah. you've made some big life decisions about what's next yeah. for Tess. So I think about in the short summer months, mm-hmm. the intentionality that mm-hmm. you have given to, you know, I'm going to do this, yeah. and then um, just kind of witnessing not your look, but the way that you now present yourself. Hmm. is so much more you than I've ever yeah. seen you be. <laughs> the bangs really help. <laughs> <laughs> is it just the bang? First step to authentic self, cut your hair. Cut your just hair. kidding. Hair just cut. kidding. Don't, no, don't tell everyone to do bangs because I've been through a bad stage with that. Yeah, I've heard most people it doesn't go well. Um, but yours did. But yeah. I think you're stepping into yeah. Yeah. a more authentic you. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes with like I did a lot of values auditing and purpose auditing in my own life, right? Mm-hmm. Like contemplation. When, contemplation, that's my word for the year of what does when I get to the end of my life, what does success look like to me? Like what do I want to 
you know, such a millennial thing. Like, how do I want to change the world, right? Like, no, that's, but like where, that's you. what are my unique giftings and callings that I am, that I, I, I say and I think that God's given me in order to share that with people, right? right? Like, what's my purpose um, here? And so, yeah, I think I've just, and that book has really helped. I know I talked about this on the podcast, that like simple workbook that I worked through of like, what does five years now from now look like? And the whole purpose of reclaim your Mondays, which has turned into make every day a Friday with my friends, <laughs> which is an expensive lifestyle. So that doesn't, I don't do that for everybody. But. I wondered if this trip to California is a reclaiming of your Monday. And I'm thinking, wow, we'll reclaim the 4th of July, I guess. <laughs> reclaim the 4th of July. No, it actually isn't. I actually just, it worked out. I got a free flight. My friend is um, working through um, some stuff in her own counseling. And she was like, I really just feel like I need the beach. I love the water. Like I just need to, you know, had time. And I'll definitely, because nothing is calm here, be bringing my laptop and working, but it'll be with a much better view and much better food in the evening to try and things like that, you know. But, um, and I'm excited. We're taking a couple day trips like up to the Redwoods and to Napa and Sonoma for juice and wine tasting. But I can't believe you've never been. I've never been. I've never been to the West Coast. Um, So much of my travel has been international. Um, so that, you know, so I've, I've done a wine tour in, mm-hmm. in France, right? Like right. I've done a wine right. tour in right. Italy, right? right? I have not done one in California right. yet. Right? But <laughs> I think when you get, well, yeah, California is where my soul belongs. So I'm so, so biased, <laughs> but when you'll get there, you'll think, I can't believe it took me this long to get here. To get here. Yeah. And oh, that's sure. really yeah. how I. And I'm excited. Thought. My my family would like to go back there or to go to San Francisco soon because my mom actually grew up in Petaluma, um, California. Oh, really? Yep. And her my my grandma immigrated from Mexico um, when she was 16 and married. Met my grandpa. Um, they were both working at a factory in California and. Um, they met and my grandpa was getting his pilot license. So the story of them meeting is just the funniest thing in the whole world. Like he would take these small, he had a small plane, he was getting his pilot's license. Um, and, um, it was after world war two and, um, they were much older. They're in their nineties. Um, they had my grand, my, my mom when they were really old, um, or a lot older. So they're both deceased now, but, um, they, so he would take these day trips or, you know, where he would just fly to Portland or he'd fly to Las Vegas or he'd fly to um, Los Angeles, you know, take these trips. And so they were working at the same place and they didn't really know each other at all. But my grandma had a friend who was friends with him. And so she would get his itinerary. So she wanted to run into him because she wanted to date him. And so they, she found out that he was going to some city in Northern California for that weekend. So she took a bus there and wanted to run into him. Well, it ended up raining the whole weekend, so he changed his plans and went to a different city, and she didn't find out till Monday. Well, because you couldn't, of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you couldn't find out. And so anyway, she ended up asking him out, right? And they were married for my grandpa died when he was 95, um, and my grandma was, they had like a 20-year age gap. She was in her 70s um, when she passed away, and just like the great, it's just the coolest story. Um, so but, when, when, what year did they meet? Ooh, like estimate and think about a woman asking out a man oh, oh, at yeah, that yeah. time yeah it was it must have been 48 49 oh my gosh 49 um your grandma yeah. must have been something oh oh she totally was she was spitfire like <laughs> oh my gosh like she would have been a burning broth feminist if she was around at that point right like or if she was like in that culture but so they built a house from scratch from the ground up outside of Petaluma California um in the 60s and um and so it's totally mid-century model like I would move into it as it is now and it's absolutely beautiful and so my mom wants to bring us there to her childhood home she lived there till she was like 12 13 before they moved back to Minnesota because my grandparents my grandpa's family's from Minnesota Um, and Petaluma is right outside of Sonoma yeah yep so where we stayed at Klein is not that's where we would go to the grocery yeah. store and everything was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's where she um that's where she grew up and so um she I guess had this in her head that she always wanted to bring us there. So when I told her I was going, I was like, Sorry mom, I didn't know. So we're gonna plan a family trip back there so she can show us the house and the beach she was at and she tells the story of she was like ten and one of the Star Wars films had just come out and her and her brother went to see it and there was an earthquake in the midst of the in the midst of it. So everyone evacuated the theater, but they had paid to see the movie. So they stayed through the whole movie. <laughs> Your mom they, has discipline, right? right? She totally does. Number one. 
And so they, um, so they left the theater after the movie was done, and they're like walking and jumping over the earthquake cracks, you know, in the road. And it was one of the biggest ones, and at the like during that decade. Oh my gosh! But then within it was in San Francisco. I went and saw it. So, yeah. Anyway, so I'm so, so glad. So you're fun. Going. So sorry. Major side note. So but. let's go back to what? What do you feel like is your why? Hmm. So I think, like, just my why overall in life, I think, and I've always, like, I guess I've always kind of said this, is, like, numbers matter because people matter. Like, I'm always, I feel like I always will be a social scientist regardless of wherever my life takes me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I just always love observing people. I always love kind of measuring behavior, charting the uniqueness and who people are. And so I think that, yeah, and that's how I really explain my job here is that, you know, these seem like a lot of analytics and I'm doing all these statistical frameworks and things like that over our numbers but behind every single number is a real life person whose life is being impacted right like it's a mentee you know who's we're working to help them achieve their whole potential and on the flip side is a mentor whose life is um is being impacted and so I think Mm -hmm. every day that I get bogged down with data and the fact that I'm gonna have to bring my work computer to California with me like bummed but it has to happen because it's so busy here that like I'm like, but it matters. Like, what I'm doing matters. Um, what we're doing matters um, because you know we served over 10,000 youth this past year. Um, you know, 10,000. I ran it the other day. It was like 10,287 or something like that. Um, pretty close to that. I was in the 10,200 range. But um, you know, just to think that, like, yeah. And I think that's always where I've been. Right? Is even all my undergraduate scientific research, even the things that I would do, like you know, when I. We are talking to Vicki and screening the other day, and I said, oh, my gosh, the questions you asked, you're, like, the best social scientist. You get to pull she people is. on the phone right. about diversity, right? Like, you are a social scientist mm-hmm. here. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's always been – I think that's my why. So I think our whys are very similar. There's some difference, but essentially mm-hmm. we want to contribute. We want to give yeah. back. It shocked me when I recently realized that not everyone is like that. Hmm. That, yeah. that everyone has a different purpose and everyone has a different why. Yeah. But it's kind of like the way that you came to strengths. Yeah. When you first learned about your top five, you thought, well, doesn't everybody doesn't think like this? Right? Yeah. Doesn't everyone love like eph- ephemeral? E- ephemeral, a podcast <laughs> yes. about the past? <laughs> I think I sometimes often make the assumption that everyone else is showing up for the same reason. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point, right? And I just, I'll strength spot us because we both have connectedness in our top 10. And so I think connectedness is about the greater purpose or what is grander beyond us. And so I think there's a little bit of maybe that perspective, also maybe relationship building strengths that say my role here, you know, I think every single person's life, regardless of if they are sitting in a basement and don't interact with anybody in person, their life is affecting other people, right? The choices that they make, the things that they buy, um, what they do with their time, how they interact or how they choose not to interact with someone. Like all choices, you know, they're all choices and they impact other people regardless of if it's you're actually interacting with someone or you're choosing not to like the lack of action also impacts others. And so I think you and I are both aware of, of those interactions and those connections when we're out at a grocery store or in traffic, like when I'm so frustrated, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever it might be. Uh, all of those things, I think we recognize that they have an impact on other people. Um, and so I think it would ne- be natural, right, that our our purposes, our whys would be people-centric, I guess. So w- when we think about that, I reminded me this morning, um, I like to listen for and look for signs of what I should be focusing on. And I listen for the messages that I might be missing. Mm -hmm. So I read Sarah Van Brethnock's book, Simple Abundance, every morning, have for years. But this morning um, was about, um, really about choices and plan B. Hmm. And I loved it. And I I put it on my Instagram story, which I'm getting better at, thanks to (laughs) the children in my life who are reminding (laughs) me that I am not supposed to do things a certain way. Um, so the reality is, is that the day would be as hard as you make it or as pleasant. There was nothing I could do about my circumstances, but accept them. 
It's always my choice, I reminded myself, not necessarily to like whatever life throws at me, but to try and catch the ball. After all, success in life is not how well we execute plan A, it's how smoothly we cope with plan B. Mm. Oh, that's good. So when I think about that and I think about choices, I try to be very cognizant and aware of the fact that my reason, my why, my purpose, my reason for showing up is me. And one of the things that um, we learned at Gallup Summit, we talked a little about, about fault lines. As a presenter, what are your fault lines? Mm-hmm. So when you, sh- I keep thinking about this relation in relationship mm-hmm. to July. Yeah. My reason for staying till eight fifteen at night mm-hmm. is going to be different than someone else's showing up till you know eight fifteen or seven thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Yeah. My reason to show up here and work my tail off in July. Yep. Yeah is going to be related to my yeah. my why. But also, those are the choices that I get to choose. Yep. And so much in our life is so related to choice. And when you really dive down, which I've witnessed you doing this year, mm-hmm. Tess, with your word of the year, but also yeah. just with your intentionality, you've decided, really, what is my why? And yeah. these choices are going to honor that. Right. I think it's we're in this whole process as an organization of creating a theory of change. And I we hopefully will, by the end of the fall, uh, kind of have that in place because we have made decisions historically that were maybe good at the time or maybe seemed logical but didn't necessarily fit into our why as an organization. And now we're realizing it, that we are stretched and limited. And so we're going to have to start saying no to some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what I have a lot of work I've done personally is that I could theoretically say yes to a lot of things like a lot of you know hey will you volunteer to do this or will you you know lead us in this group or whatever and I think the church world is kind of like that too like at least my church it's like oh we see potential in you as a leader so we're going to ask you to do 10 things right which is I have loved and been in seasons where I've done all 10 things Mm -hmm. um but this has been a season where I feel like I have been had said have said what actually is my purpose and does it fit in there? And does it fit in it, right? right? Like being able to hold up an offer wherever that's coming from. If it's a, from a friend to go get a drink in the evening, or if it's from always to, say yes to, to lead, you know, always, <laughs> say, always say yes, or like to maybe um, uh, to go grab a drink when I have a paper due at midnight because that happened right. recently, and I definitely still said yes to it and got my paper in and got a hundred percent on it. But you know, whatever, <laughs> we'll make it work. But um, or if it's don't like listen to, lead. to don't listen to test kids. <laughs> don't, don't try this at home. Um, or if it's like a, a, an ask to you know, lead a ministry, um, or, you know, speak on a weekend, you know, so those things I'm able to, any offer that comes my way, I think, um, I just think this life or season of like self-reflection and this year of contemplation has allowed me to say, okay, I might want to do this, but when I hold it up to the light of what my, where I'm going to be in five years, what is the, what's the best choice for that, right? Like not what's the best choice for me now. And this really started back in November. I went through this retreat um, and it was like a spiritual paths retreat. And it was all about, a lot about goal setting, a lot about looking forward. And one of my signposts, cause we had to look back from the previous year and say what were moments of consolation or moments of joy and what were or in the terminology they use is where were movements towards God and then what were moments of desolation what were movements away from God um, or not great moments right so we had to create these like signposts to give us warnings that we might be going into a time of desolation and um, and so one of my signposts and what I realized is my moments of desolation of movement away have always been when I have chosen immediate gratification or immediate pleasure or excitement right rather than what is best in the long term for me right Mm -hmm. like eating a cupcake okay it might be great in the moment but in the long run that's probably not the best for me so I've been very conscious about what I've been eating yes um very conscious about how I spend my time and so these things I think so my signpost is look to the long game because my and I think my strengths don't naturally lend there my context looks back my adaptability is so present focused. And so I think I've really had to say and ask myself that question all the time of what's best in the long game, right? And I lean on my context to say, okay, I've tried this cupcake in the past and it doesn't work out well. That's good you use know, of or that. It's, yeah, and so it helps me to look forward, right? Because we're always moving forward, but my strengths naturally lend themselves 
to go backwards. But that allows you to be mm-hmm. more thoughtful about your decision making. Yeah. So I feel like even though context may be not be always pointing you forward, yeah. it gives you great research yeah. to say, is this effective in my long game? Yep, absolutely. And I, context is very low for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to look back and say, hmm, have I learned this lesson before? I guess not. Let's just try it again. And I practice growth mindset all the time. Yeah. Um, my little sticky note on my growth mindset PowerPoint says, you know, I don't make a mistake once or twice. I make it six, seven, eight times just, yeah. you know, to be sure. That's <laughs> essentially me. Now, when yeah. you're talking about what should I say no to, what a g- great question to ponder. Mm-hmm. What right now in your season should you really dial back and say no to? Mm-hmm. So July, we're, I mean, everyone is in the middle of the midst of summer. Now in teammates, yeah. the midst of summer, July means go time. Yeah. For other people, it might mean dog days of summer, relax, sit under a tree, mm-hmm. sip some lemonade, go to some live music events. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> Those kinds of things. But mm-hmm. what what should I say no to yeah. is a great question to contemplate yeah. if you're busy, 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 mm-hmm. or if you're in a more relaxed place. Mm-hmm. And then when I was thinking about your questions, this is so, of course it is, serendipity. <laughs> You're presented with a choice, evolve or remain. If you choose to remain unchanged, you'll be presented with the same challenges, the same routine, the same storms, the same situations until you learn from them, until you love yourself enough to say no more, Mm -hmm. until you choose change. If you choose to evolve, you will connect with the strength within you. You'll explore what lies outside the comfort zone. You'll awaken to love. You will become, you will be. You have everything you need. Choose to evolve. I just wrote on Sunday. Mm. Um, or I didn't write that. Goodness, I didn't write that. Don't <laughs> quote me. Craig Crippen wrote that, but I just pinned it. Mm. Um, I have this fun little app called um, Day One. It's mm. a little online journal where I can cool. take a snap of something and then add. Cool. And then the questions that keep coming up are, what three things are you moving toward? And what three things are you leaving behind? Mm, so guess good. what? listeners it's a new moon it's a new moon today it's halfway through the year so if you've abandoned your new year's resolution start them over again (laughs) what three things are you looking toward and what three things are you leaving behind that's really good that's really good hmm you could tell i was getting a little yeah i was like oh it reminds me of i took a a screenshot of a um and i totally saved it for jen and millie but i don't think i brought my phone in here with me but um it was my, uh, the quote was, my comfort zone will be the death of me. Yep. And I think that's so right. That's all that idea of choose to adapt, choose to change, right, when you're given the opportunity. And I think, like, I don't know, it's so scary. Like, it's scary to think about so many things, like what the future might hold, right, if we step out of that. And I know you and I are both thinking about very different things in our lives, but both of us are, like, thinking about dreams that we have for what the future might be. Like, the alternative. What's the plan right? B? What's the alternative, right? And what's the, you know, and, and that's where all of this, I think, self-reflection in my own life has brought me of, like, at the end of my life, I don't want to be in the place that I'm at now, right? Like, relationally maybe even job wise we'll see you know love teammates love my job you know things like that where I'm just like these these questions of like what does a life well lived look like for me and you're right everybody's life well lived looks different right everybody has different guiding principles like my value if I would say my intrinsic value behind my why is learning it is I mean for me it's if I'm not learning I'm not growing it totally is like and it's irregardless of what I'm learning about Right, I could be learning about anything, you know, from murder to, murder. you know, a sermon, you know, you know. So, um, yeah, but I think I don't know. I guess I'm just like pondering, and I think it's so good to pause and think about these things, right? Like, well, and we frame it in a way, or at least I hope we do, mm-hmm. that helps people understand that this is normal. Yeah. So I just listened to a podcast the other day where they were talking about how often people feel stuck. And the um, presenter said, I wish that people could understand how many people are walking around right now Mm -hmm. feeling Mm -hmm. stuck. 
but That's not good. having these kinds of sometimes oh, these are I mean you heard my voice shaking a little bit there these are difficult things to talk about sometimes yeah. but so important yeah. for us to reframe our why and our purpose mm-hmm. and to think that I almost put this off today yeah I needed mm-hmm. this conversation yeah. so much mm. so much that's so good. I think about actually it reminded me of a podcast I listened to too, and it was an interview with um, a gal who runs an organization that I can't say because it's a swear word, but essentially she it's for entrepreneurs that have failed. And she said she felt like the only person in the whole world that had ever failed in business because nobody ever talked about it. So she has these nights that are called like F nights. That's like the name of her organization. Yeah. Where essentially person after person gets up and talks about their failure. And that's kind of crazy, right, to think, and I especially think like in our strengths-based podcast world here, right, we like to think about what goes well, what are recent successes, but I think our strengths come out so much in times of stress, in times of failure, in times of, right, that's growth. And so I think we can talk about strengths within a negative setting, right, and I think there's power in that. And so I loved what she said is she said I, she said she didn't talk about her failure in business for seven years. Because she thought she was the only one. And then there was one night where she was hanging out with a bunch of her entrepreneur friends. She lives in Mexico City. And they were all talking about one brought up a business that didn't go well. Another brought up a business that failed. So she finally shared about it. She said, the release that I felt in knowing that (laughs) there were other people who failed, right? And I think we don't talk about it enough. We don't talk about being stuck enough. We don't talk about what we think of as failure enough, right? Um, And I'm not even a huge fan of that word, right? Because it's a growth opportunity in my mind, right? It's a learning in my mind from my values. Um, but it was just such a, I think, such a poignant moment to, to me to say, yeah, I don't talk to people about that a lot. So sometimes we can get so enclosed in our own minds and in our own self that we forget that other people are walking through similar situations mm-hmm. of being stuck or having experienced failure or whatever it is. Well, we often say this in training. I often say this in training. Your strengths mm-hmm. are your strengths, whether you're in a sunshine moment yep. or you're in the swamp. And I think when they really truly become superpowers and tools Mm -hmm. and indicators of your best self is when we really look at them during those times of struggle and swamp and say, how can this help me? Yeah, absolutely. How can I apply Mm -hmm. this input communication, strategic woo and empathy Mm -hmm. to help me through a very difficult time? Mm -hmm. Because this is truly an indicator Mm -hmm. of me at not only my best, but also my most authentic. Yep. So when I'm not allowed to ask my questions, that just won't work. Mm-hmm. I love questions. When you're not allowed to share quotes. I think well, you've shared four today right. during I'm, the course of the last 45 minutes. But I am, <laughs> yeah. and what I'm learning is not everyone in my life has to be a question asker, but they can be receptive yeah. to this is me. Yep. And I can in turn do the same thing. And I think that's the line, right? So, like, I have a couple examples of people, and I know um, that you have said this, too, where I'm like, it's a little bit like, oh, where people say they hate history. I mean, you can hate history. That's fine. But there's a difference between you sitting and hating history personally, like you're not going to go look something up, and you sitting and listening to me share about something I love about history. And there's a big difference, right? So you might not like to learn about history, but you listening to me sharing something about history that I've recently discovered or the ethereal, you know, well, you light up. podcast, right? You light like, up. Who doesn't want to be around yeah. somebody lighting up? Hmm. I don't care what it's about. Yeah. When I see someone <laughs> light up, I just, you yeah. want to be in that energy. You're drawn. Yeah. It's like, uh, um, oh, this is a really bad analogy. It's like the, bu- <laughs> it's like the bug zapper. <laughs> Well, the bugs go to it. Well, that's so great. I'm just right to it. Get electrocuted. Um, But I think when there is light and energy, Mm -hmm. people want to be part of that. And so when people are in their purpose and they're in their why, they're drawn to that. When I think about where we are as an organization, and oftentimes I hear people say, you know, oh my gosh, um, you must love what you do. I do. Mm-hmm. And I think people see that and they witness that. Yeah. Um, and people want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also in the way that we frame the struggle times, too. Yeah. That this isn't all sunshine, rainbows, um, mm-hmm. pot of gold here. Sometimes mm-hmm. there is a lot of work, a lot of work. Yep. 
um, and a lot of stress that goes into the month of July so yeah. that come conference time, yeah. there's lots of sunshine and light. Um, that's, that's important to me, that yeah. if I have to work really hard for you know an entire year to get to the yeah. point where those five minutes are meaningful to somebody, yeah. that's what matters to me. And, and I know that's what matters to you. Worth, and that totally is because if you go back to your why, mm-hmm. your purpose, right, of the ripple effect mm-hmm. and your value of connection, it makes sense. For other people with different, that might not be worth it. And right? I know that you are lit mm-hmm. up thinking about somebody looking at their dashboards and saying, I hope people look at their dashboards. <laughs> but I know that you do. I yeah. know that you yeah. are excited when someone mm-hmm. comes up and says, wow, Tess, I mm-hmm. look at from here, from last year to now, we've had growth or thank you for running this or this was great information or I'm going to go home and present this to my board or I'm going to go home and take this to my school board. That's like ideal. I think I get that once or twice. (laughs) But I think back to however many years ago in York when you did the experiment. (laughs) Oh, that was so much fun. (laughs) As a presenter on on data, you made it so come to life. Oh, yeah. I made a lemon volcano. Because, <laughs> again, that's you That's you and your why, and mm-hmm. that's you and your purpose, because you're bringing mm-hmm. what might be a very mundane, boring topic to light. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All about that. So, okay, so lots of really good questions. So first, a little bit of what's your why? Um, if you were to define your purpose, what would that be? What would that purpose be? Um, and then secondly, what value, like what's probably the number one value intrinsically that guides your behavior that comes out of your, your purpose um, and your why? Um, secondly, I think it was the uh, what are you going to say no to? Yeah. And what are you saying no to now? What could you say no to in your life? Great question. Um, which I think is a really good question, I think. I just love the the phrase of living with some margin. I had Allie's daughter over to help do a closet clean out um, because I felt like I had no margin to even look through what I had in my closet. And that's what I sent her a text and I said, thank you, you have no idea how much this improves my well-being because I have margin now. Um, and so what can you say no to to create a little more margin in your life? Um, and then thirdly, what are the three things you're moving towards? And what are the three things you're moving away from? What are the three things you're leaving? So I think we're always in motion, right? Even if we're not intentionally saying no to something, even we're naturally we're, moving towards. Even if we're stuck. Mm-hmm. Even we're if still we're in stuck, motion. We're still in motion. All right. Oh, what a good conversation and a good break from our, Thanks, let's get Tess. back to the, <laughs> the normal to-dos <laughs> after this. But we want to thank you all for tuning in to episode 45 of Jen and Millie. Um, so please, we'd love to hear your feedback from this. Um, oh, I, and I forgot one of the points of write a letter to somebody oh, or yeah. share a story with us. That was in this conversation. I yes. love that. So I'll put that as probably number one. When's the last time you've written a handwritten letter? And if you haven't in a while, write a letter to somebody. I'll dig up mine I will. and show you that wonderful oh, handwriting. Yes. It probably still I smells like oh. uh, Calvin Klein obsession. There you go. <laughs> so would love, um, wonderful, um, <laughs> would love to hear a little bit about your experiences, your own reflections. Um, share with us some of the um, the answers or responses you have to the questions we post. Um, I feel like I realize when I look at our analytics that quite a few people listen to this and I'm just like, it feels like a conversation between you and me. And so um, please other people be vulnerable with us and share your responses to this episode. Um, so you can interact with us and share your responses to the questions we pose by following us on instagram is a great way at jen and millie that's at g-e-n-n-a-n-d-m-i-l-l-i-e until next time